Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we are live, but we got to let it breathe just for a moment. We got to make sure we've got the entirety of our Mile High Huddle clan under the same roof here. And then we can get the party started, okay? Hold your horses. And we're good. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, my partner in crime, the deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com, and my fellow football priest, Zach Kelberman. Zach, it was interesting. You know, this still is kind of the time for, uh, you know, rumors and speculation and conjecture. And even though when this offseason first kind of opened up, there were some rumors maybe that Aaron Rodgers might be going somewhere, might be moving, you know, nothing materialized. But then today you covered an interesting report that came out that speculated connecting Rodgers to Denver circa 2022. Drop some knowledge and I'll pull up the article. Well, it was a Bleacher Report, you know, aggregation piece where the columnist of the piece named four destinations, not not for this year for Aaron Rodgers, but for 2022, because the Packers have not assured Rodgers beyond this season he's going to be a part of their future plans. He's going to be 38 in December. He wanted long-term security. He didn't get it. So income, the speculation pieces, and the Broncos are on there. And the writer of the piece makes the same point I start the piece with, that in his second season as the Broncos GM, John Elway made the biggest on the free agent market of all time, in my opinion, in Peyton Manning, in year two next year for George Peyton, he can make another splash, the biggest trade in franchise history, by acquiring Aaron Rodgers. There's no veracity, Chad, to this particular report, other than the fact it's one person's opinion. I didn't even delve into the financial aspect of it because I'm not thinking that far ahead. We'll know this offseason where the Broncos, not even this offseason, in the next month, where the Broncos are headed. Because if they pick up a guy like Trey Lance or if Drew Locke balls out this year, they might commit to him for next year. So speculating beyond this season, let alone for 2022, is mental masturbation for me. I don't see Aaron Rodgers leaving Green Bay. I think they'll get a a deal done for him to retire there and gracefully or not gracefully pass pass the tour to Jordan Love. As fantastical as it is and as wild as it is to imagine Rodgers in orange and blue, I don't see it happening personally. So the author of this, Mr. Brent Sobleski of BR, here's just a couple things he said, quote, John Elway may not be calling the shots as Broncos GM anymore since he stepped away, et cetera, et cetera. 
But the idea of making a strong play for Rodgers would be an organizational decision. GM George Payton could be less than a year into his tenure and tasked with moving on from the team's young QB, Drew Locke, while making the league's biggest move since Elway signed Payton. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it's fairy tale stuff right now. I mean, it's it's like, honestly, like Bleacher Report, they do a lot with uh, aggregation. In fact, that's basically how they built their entire model and then sold the model for a couple hundred million dollars to a massive media conglomerate. So kudos to them. Nowadays, all of their original content is that kind of aggregated speculation, you know, 10 QBs who could be in a you know new home in 2022, that type of thing. And for us this time of year, sure, there's a lot going on that we can cover and we do cover it all for you, for, for your Denver Broncos. But Zach, sometimes it's fun to grab these speculative pieces and if nothing else, dunk on them. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, the Broncos will, until they have that franchise quarterback, whether it's Locke or anybody else, they're going to be tied to these quarterback driven pieces, these speculative pieces, these rumors and this, you know, people call it like Terrence Evans in the comment section, clickbait. It's not clickbait. It's one person's opinion. Some of it, you know, you throw enough crap at the wall. I'm not calling it crap, but some of it's bound to stick. I don't see this sticking though. I don't see Aaron Rodgers, nor Russell Wilson, nor for that matter, Deshaun Watson in a Denver uniform. It's lock or it's a rookie quarterback this season and beyond. Hey, shout out real quick, Fat Cats, getting that super chat in early, as he has been wont to do of late. We really appreciate that, my friend. Thank you, BK. Yeah, big ups to you. He says, no questions or comments, just a little love for all the boys. Hands down, the best Broncos pod for my money. Hey, means a lot, dude. Thank you. Yes. One of these days, we got to get you on the podcast. All right, reach out. Let's let's go ahead and set that up. Um, it'll, you know, probably somewhere late April. We're pretty We've got most of April pretty well booked up, but we got some things. Uh, some it'll it'll open back up here in a minute, guys. Today is one of our. I mean, we we turn just about every uh, live pod now into a mailbag, but Thursday remains our favorite podcast of the week because it is the Mile High Mailbag. That time where we take a peek inside to not only see what's on your mind, all right, but to help answer the burning Broncos questions, offer you the absolution, the answers, because we are. Your football priest. We're here to help you do that. And sometimes you got to exercise some demons. And one thing that makes the Thursday night Mile High Mailbag, in our opinion, a little bit more unique than our other three streams of the week for Huddle Up, we try to be, we try to spread the love out. Obviously, first come, first serve is the superstars, all right, on a night to night basis on Super Chat. But on the Mile High Mailbag, we try to be as democratic as possible, get questions from Facebook, from Twitch, from Twitter and YouTube alike, as well as our great superstars. So we're going to get to that here in just a minute and see what's on your mind. Talk about some of the key issues in Broncos country um, that actually, Zach, there were there was some news that we're going to get to today regarding the Denver Broncos, Pro Days, some prospects that have been closely uh, tied to the Broncos that we're going to get to here in just a minute. But first, guys, follow us on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod. That's the podcast account on Twitter. So many of you have already done that, but if you haven't followed the podcast, take care of that business. And then also the main account for MHH at Mile High Huddle. If you have those two accounts followed, you're not going to miss anything as it relates to the podcast, programming, scheduling notes, anything like that, or breaking Broncos news and analysis. My partner, Zach Kelberman, find him on Twitter uh, at Kelberman NFL, myself at Chad and Jensen and our great producer, you know, him as Bona Beast. He's at John K M H H on Twitter tonight. 
we are going to announce this week's winner of the Huddle Up podcast giveaway for the Facebook page. And it's pretty simple, guys. If you want in on that for next week, open up Facebook, type in Huddle Up Podcast, find us, like and follow the page. And then next week when we do the random selection, you could be the name that gets chosen. And Zach, we had some questions on this. We confused some of our audience last night and it's my fault. We are not going to stop streaming to YouTube. That's never, ever going to happen. Let me repeat that. We are never going to stop streaming to YouTube. All right. We're about to cross 10K and we're, we got some big plans for when we do. We're like, Zach, we're like 15 uh, subscribers away from crossing 10K on, uh, on YouTube. So that's always going to be top, top priority for us, YouTube. That's what got us here. Okay. Facebook, though, what we do when we go live is we stream to the Mile High Huddle Super Fans Facebook group and the Mile High Huddle page itself. Starting very, very soon, one of those is going to go bye-bye, and it's the MHH Super Fans group. Instead of streaming there, we're going to stream to the Huddle Up Podcast Facebook page. So I want to make that distinction. Those of you on YouTube that were a little confused or concerned, don't worry about that. So head on over, follow the page, and guys, uh, become a supporter because – This is the last night for Huddle Up this week, but on Saturday, you get the Trickle Zone if you are a Facebook supporter, and on Sunday, you get Kelberman's Corner at noon Mountain Time, and then, of course, we return Sunday night. So open up Facebook while you're at it, while you're following the the Huddle Up page, and make sure you click the big blue button on Mile High Huddle's page. Become a supporter. You get access to that premium content, and check out the merch store, huddleuppod.com, when you get some time. And lastly, guys, if you're not able to do those things, it's seriously all good. We are so stoked just to have you with us in the stream or if you're listening after the fact as an on-demand podcast. But, hey, can you do these three things for us pretty please? Subscribe, like this video. If you're on YouTube and Facebook, please like it. It helps us tremendously. And then three, the litmus test. If we're doing a good job for you or if you respect the effort, let's put it that way, share this video, help us continue to grow and reach new like-minded Broncos fans just like you. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. All right, Zach, real quick. I want to grab Michaela, who's been very patient. She says, and by the way, Michaela, you're awesome. Props to you spreading the word on the Huddle Up podcast and MHH organically, talking to your friends, your coworkers. That's what we're talking about. That's organic. We love that. So appreciate you. She says, the Broncos are ranked 24th in NFL.com's power rankings. I think it is a put down myself. What is your opinion, guys? Zach, go ahead. I mean, well, they were a team, again, they are a team that has not been relevant in quite a while. And a half a decade more now, it's been six years officially since they won the Super Bowl that season. It's a lot, it's an eternity. So they're going to be among the bottom of the rankings. Like Drew Locke was ranked the 33rd ranked quarterback in the NFL, 33rd ranked starting quarterback. You're going to see more and more of these articles come out. And again, there's always that natural bias against Denver. The media doesn't know what they're talking about half the time. They take one look at the box score, one look at the stats and form their opinion. But where would you realistically rank them? Going off of last season, not really on paper or not really when you consider where the Broncos were in January and where they are now, how George Payton has reconstructed the roster and taken over what Elway has given him. On paper, they're a team that should be in the top 16. They should be a playoff team on paper. But in practicality, in real life last year, they were among the worst teams in the NFL, just going on what they were. And that's what the national media does. So when you see NFL.com or Bleacher Report or CBS Sports, any of these national big media sites, they're going to have the same collective you know, a mind-melding opinion about the Broncos because they can't get out of that own narrative because they don't have a franchise quarterback because they haven't been to the playoffs because they aren't relevant. Until they are, they're going to be disrespected. And that's why we say, Chad, to all of that, let them hate. They will all see. Yep, it does. You know, look, you can't blame some of them for just completely disregarding when it comes to the national perspective, just completely disregarding the Broncos because they have been – relatively speaking, at least for the last four years. I mean, in 2016, at least they were plus 500, right? But the last four years, they've been sub 500, and they have been irrelevant in terms of the overall NFL conversation for these people in media whose jobs it is to cover the NFL and the key storylines and issues of the league itself. The Broncos, by virtue of their lack of, of winning, have not been included in that. And Zach, nothing speaks to that more than what Michaela just pointed out being ranked 24th in in the early power rankings. And also this, all right, we're talking about NFL.com, which is NFL network. It's all NFL media. All right. Um, Broncos slammed as irrelevant by good morning football host, despite impressive free agency hall, this article, a good find by Nick Kendall from last night. The uh, the host, I'm trying to find his name, I'm, I almost forgot, Kyle Brandt, all right? He said, quote, I don't know what this team is. I don't know what this organization is. I don't know if there is a team we, we talk about less often on this show than the Denver Broncos. That includes smaller markets, teams that haven't won. What was their record last year? Who cares? What was their record before that? Who cares? They won the Super Bowl and have since been middling at best. I mean, just floundering. This is before 
Vic Fangio. They haven't done anything. And then he goes on to say this, Zach, and I'll serve it back over to you. Quote, Drew Locke is supposed to be this. Vic Fangio is supposed to be that. We've been waiting. We've been waiting for this team to be relevant again for five years. Something needs to punctuate the dreariness in Denver. They're not just bad. They don't matter. They don't move the needle in any way. And then he goes on to talk about the AFC West, that you play in the division with the best quarterback in the world, Justin Herbert, who looks like he's, quote, God's gift, and you're going to beat them with Drew Locke, would not blow my hair back at all if they did something at quarterback in the draft. I don't know if this guy, Locke, is going to ba- uh, going to go to battle with Patrick Mahomes year in and year out. They got to do something here because they just, right now, they don't matter, close quote. You know, I, I was with him. I, I still kind of disagree with where he stands on Drew Locke, but every other word he said there, Chad, is spot freaking on. And whether you're a homer or whether you're a negative, cynical Broncos fan, you have to agree they are not just bad. That's true. You know, you can be bad and be entertaining. You can be bad and be relevant. Look at the Browns for how however many years. The the Jets, for example, with the butt fumble. But the Broncos are bad and irrelevant. That's what I was saying. I haven't even seen these quotes before today. But Kyle Brandt is spot on with what he's saying there. And and I'm so happy he included Vic Fangio in that as well, because every critical piece we see about Denver, it's always mentioning the quarterback, and rightfully so. But no one's ever calling out Vic Fangio except for us, Chad, for what he's supposed to be and what this team is supposed to be under his leadership. So I agree with him that until the Broncos are relevant, until they make a difference in the NFL, they move the needle, they make highlight reels. It's materialistic. It's surface level. It's it's benign. It's, it's egregious to suggest, Chad, they'd rather be bad and entertaining to be bad and irrelevant, but you want to see the Broncos have a household name. You, you want to see the, besides Von Miller, I mean, how many people know Justin Simmons? A, a little more. How many people know Garrett Bowles? A little more. How many people know Cortland Sutton? A little more, but they don't really have those DeAndre Hopkins. They don't have an Aaron Rodgers. They don't have a Mahomes. Until they do, we're going to see more and more pieces like this, but the best thing they can do is do what they need to to win. Winning will cure all, and winning will make these hit pieces disappear, hopefully, forever. I think the closest thing approximating highlights, like a true highlight season where there was anything sensational connected to the Broncos, was Philip Lindsay's rookie year, 2018. He took the league by storm, became a household name, made it to the Pro Bowl that year, just because he was not only productive, busting off. I mean, that was the year, man. He was busting off 55, 63-yard touchdowns, 1,000-yard production, uh, Pro Bowl, double-digit touchdowns. That was, you know, that was really the last noteworthy anything that has happened for the Denver Broncos from the national perspective. However, Michaela, and this is to everybody, including Michaela, here's the takeaway. You let them hate. It's cool. Let let the Broncos be ranked right now number 24. Right? Let people overlook them a little bit because if media is overlooking them, it probably means some of their rivals in the league might be overlooking them a little bit. And that's if the Broncos really are a team on the come, if they're bouncing off the bottom and they're rising, then you want to be able to kind of sneak up on and surprise your enemy, so to speak. Zach, let's grab Brent Mason, who's been very, very patient here. Appreciate you, Brent. Connect with us on Twitter, my friend. That's a newer name that we don't recognize on Super Chat. So welcome. Welcome. Thank you. He says, if Peyton decides to trade up for a quarterback, what are potential trade destinations? If we do go quarterback round one, who would you like to see uh, Peyton make a move for? Um, So let's touch on this first real quick. This week, pro days have really kind of – the last two weeks, actually, pro days have have really gotten going. 
And this week, the Broncos have um, had a presence at the Alabama Pro Day, even though George Payton was not there. Uh, they already went to the North Dakota State Pro Day to check out, this is George Payton himself, to check out Trey Lance. He was at, uh, or he's going to be, I should say, at the BYU Pro Day on Friday, tomorrow, to check out Zach Wilson. So things are heating up there. And, you know, when a GM himself, Zach, makes the trip in a season where there is no combine, makes the trip himself to get eyes on a prospect, especially a top 10 caliber prospect, it does. It, it can do nothing but kind of expose a little bit your interest. It doesn't necessarily telegraph what you're going to do with pick nine, Zach, but the, it's pretty safe to say the Broncos have considered or are considering drafting Trey Lance. They are considering drafting, you know, Zach Wilson. If George Payton's making that trip, it's probably on the table. Doesn't mean they'll do it, but it's on, on the table. So what's your answer for Brent Mason here? Well, you know, you sent me or you tagged me in something very interesting today on Twitter, Chad. It was the all Jameis Winston team or something like that. And Drew Locke was the quarterback of that team. I didn't I didn't see who wrote the piece, but they said the Broncos inactivity at quarterback leads him to believe that Drew Locke will be running it back for 2021. And that's also the obvious. We've been saying that for a while. We covered the team. But it's also leading me to believe that the other option is they go quarterback in round one, an option that I didn't see coming two months ago. But the longer and longer and longer they don't address that backup spot or that potential bridge spot or the mentor, whatever title you want to use for a quarterback, until they don't bring that guy in, it increases the odds that someone will come in through the draft. I don't think he will trade up for a quarterback. I don't see him moving up for Zach Wilson, who's probably won't, you know, not getting past the Jets at number two. Fields might go to Atlanta number four. I don't see him jumping up. But if Trey Lance falls to number nine, which is very, very, very possible, I think he would think long and hard, George Payton, about making him the pick. He would be on the board with maybe Micah Parsons, with a cornerback like J.C. Horn or Patrick Sertan. He would have many options, George Payton, and it still might be a a defender. But there's certainly a possibility if he fell in love with Trey Lance at his pro day or if he fell in love with Mac Jones on tape, if that one of those players is on the board, he could be the pick. It's an option. Who could the Broncos perhaps trade up with if they really did want to guarantee one of those uh, whether it's a Lance, a, a Fields, or a Wilson. I mean, again, I concur with Zach on this. If you want Wilson, you got to convince the Jets to give you number two, if that's what you really want. Otherwise, Zach, the Dolphins are definitely the target everyone's looking at and the Falcons and the and the Bengals in terms of the top five. Philadelphia, I mean, they did draft uh, Jalen Hurts last year. Second-round pick, got demoted by the previous regime. It was a really weird situation after he was given the chance to play, and he played pretty well. And then they sat him back down in the most obvious tankathon move of recent memory as far as the league's concerned. But look here. I mean, it's the it's probably the Dolphins. It's probably the Falcons, Bengals. I think Philly has to look at a quarterback this year. You know, Detroit, they can get by another couple of years because of the move they made to land Jared Goff, but the Panthers, they're, they're another threat to take a cue. That's, that's the team that I think is going to make a move because by all indications, Chad, they were all in on Deshaun Watson. They were going to be aggressive, offer Christian McCaffrey and three first-round picks. I would not be surprised if they jumped to number three and grab Fields or Lance or if maybe even if Zach Wilson does fall. That is my dark horse in the top ten to make a big move for a quarterback. Not the Broncos, but Carolina. So real quick, and then we got to move on, Brent. Here's the top 10 of the draft this year. Jacksonville, number one, they're going to take Trevor Lawrence, put it in the bank. 
Number two, New York Jets. Number three, Miami Dolphins. Number four, Atlanta Falcons. Number five, Cincinnati Bengals. Number six, Philadelphia Eagles. Number seven, Detroit Lions. Number eight, Carolina. Number nine, Denver. And then top 10 to round it out, the Dallas Cowboys. So we'll see how it ends up taking shape. Um, but yeah, it's it's it could be a pretty active first round, Zach, when it all is said and done. Let's grab this real quick from Johnny. And by the way, um, our John, real quick. So the stream just jumped on me. We need Mark next after we grab this from, from Johnny. Uh, Johnny Baki, is that how I pronounce your name, my friend? I'm, I'm not sure, but either way, really appreciate you. Hope things are going well with your new podcast. Um, Nothing Rhymes with Orange that you're doing with your homeboy, Isaiah, best buddies that met in the military. I heard that story. I did check out your first episode. Hope things are going well. He says, what is up, my football priest? What do you think the odds are that George Payton approaches Eric Wilson, the Minnesota Vikings linebacker, currently a free agent, to fill the linebacker hole? Such a great fit. Zach, go ahead. I've been tweeting it or trying to tweet it into existence, Chad. I'm willing it as hard as I can. It's it's a great day for the Broncos to bring aboard Eric Wilson. I believe, though, if he wanted to sign him, he would have signed him by now, unfortunately. I don't know why he doesn't want to bring him on board. I mean, the guy is coming off a career here. He can play inside or outside. He's young. He wouldn't be expensive. Obviously, he knows Peyton. He would fit in Fangio's system you know, effortlessly. He's good on special teams. To me, it's just a no-brainer move, but... The fact that he's still on the open market, he didn't go back to Minnesota either, and he's drawn little interest. Maybe there's something going on. Maybe he's asking for too much. I do not know, but I thought it was a shoe-in type fit. They signed Mike Boone. They they were connected to Brett Jones, an offensive lineman from Minnesota. I'm surprised that Eric Wilson uh, hasn't had any feelers from the Denver Broncos. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. 
Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. All right, we'll grab Jake King. We need we need uh, Mark Langley next. Jake King, love you, buddy. Appreciate you. If you're on Twitter, connect with us, okay? Who would you guys like to add at the running back position in either free agency or the draft? Uh, free agency, I'm not really looking at that. The draft, there are some really interesting prospects. I'll tell you what. Uh, today, Eric Trickle, the uh, senior draft analyst at Mile High Huddle, published his uh, Finding Broncos scouting report on a very, very, very intriguing running back out of Oregon State by the name of Jamar Jefferson. All right, I would I would suggest you guys go check this out, this scouting report. You know, Zach, I'm not interested in the Broncos swinging high on a, on a running back. Take a guy like Jamar uh, Jefferson – who you could probably get, I think he trickle projected him. Let me find this real quick. He projected him round four. All right. That's about where I would start being finding it acceptable and not have one qualm with the Broncos taking a run a running back in this coming draft about round four. But this kid, Jamar Jefferson, very, very, very uh, interesting young player. And look at his stats real quick. All right. 1300 yards. His average, 5.7. You don't get too crazy over that because it's college, right, Zach? But nevertheless, there are some interesting prospects in this class. There are, yeah. Obviously, everyone talks about Najee Harris, but I don't see the Broncos drafting running back that high, nor should they when you find an undrafted running back like Phillip Lindsay, you know, and you find his talent. You can find a running back anywhere. There, I hate to say it a dime a dozen in today's business, but Javante Williams from North Carolina, I think, is going to be one of the best running backs in this draft class. Maybe a second rounder. I don't see a first round pick. A little too early, though. I'm right there with Trickle, though, and I'm right there with you, I think, round four, round five, to add to that position. Because, again, Chad, you, you're paying Melvin Gordon 80 a year. You just paid Mike Boone a two-year contract. Freeman's under contract for another year. How many running backs do you really need? It's it's an issue, but it's not a pressing issue. So I would wait till day two, day three. For what it's worth, those of you who are subscribers, actual supporters on Facebook, you're front and center for the Trickle Zone last Saturday where he broke down his top 10 running backs in this class. And I won't spoil it because I'm sure it'll come out. I, I, I'm going to say I'm, I will spoil it because I'm sure it's going to come out through other means of his you know, coverage this draft season. But in descending orders, that Chris Evans from Michigan, uh, Trey Sermon from Ohio State, Khalil Herbert from Virginia Tech, uh, Kylan Hill from Mississippi State, Jamar Jefferson, Oregon State, Michael Carter from North Carolina, uh, Kenneth Gainwell from Memphis, Najee Harris, from Bama, number three, Javante Williams, North Carolina, and then Travis Etienne, of course, the just stud playmaker from yep. Clemson. So uh, anyway, very, wow. very extremely generous super wow, chat from Mark. one of our OG Thank you. Mount Rushmore wow. superstars, Mark Langley. Blowing our minds, dude. Love you, brother. Hope everything is going well for you. I'm going to be relatively in your neck of the woods here in the very near future. So uh, – I wish it was a little bit closer, though, because I'd call you up and go go grab a cup of coffee or something. But thank you, Mark. He says, what's up, my guys? Hashtag huddle up pod. Hashtag, hey, John, 
Hashtag football priest. Hashtag MHH. Mark, you are the best, man. Thank you so much, and I hope you're having a great day and enjoying the podcast. But, yeah, you've been an OG all along, every single podcast. We love reading your comments, and we appreciate your support, as always. Thank you, Mark. You the man. All right, real quick, John, while you get those other ones queued up, I'm going to see what we have here on uh, – we got a nice. Uh, we got some stars here. We'll we'll see who this was on the, at the end because it's you got to give Streamyard permission to show your profile if it's otherwise it just shows up like that Facebook user. But thank you for the support, my friend. Um, all right, here's one from YouTube. Uh, K Shoguki TV, cool name, dude. Hey, Chad and Zach, you guys are my favorites on the show. Keep up the amazing effort and the work you guys do every single day. Appreciate, Appreciate that, Doc. You. Uh, one one guy's opinion. Should we target Mitchell Schwartz Act for right tackle? I thought he was retiring. I thought that was the rumor. That's why they, the Chiefs released him. But uh, no, I, I I don't know. I mean, you have you're you're already paying Juwan James a ton of money. You, you're confident in, in Calvin Anderson as your backup tackle. That's why the Broncos let Wilkinson go. Apparently. I wouldn't want to shell out money for a guy who has one foot out the door. As good as he was in Kansas City, I'd rather draft that young tackle chat and start rebuilding from within. All right, let me see here real quick. We've got one from Jonathan Figueroa, a super chat. Thank you, my friend. It's been a minute since we've seen you, but, hey, man, it's not the same when you're not in the chat. We're just happy to have you back. He says, sorry, I haven't been in the pod, guys. Been super busy at work and low on funds. Dude, don't even worry about funds. We just miss you in the chat contributing to the conversation, dude. That's what matters. I've been watching afterwards, though. I think Drew Lock gets us to 10 wins this year, and the defense is going to be scary. Miller and Chubb equals 26 sacks. Zach, for what it's worth, those two players combined for 26 and a half Chubb's rookie year in 2018. I would take that easily, though. 13 each and uh, Vaughn coming off that injury and you know Bradley Chubb coming off a Pro Bowl. If this defense is anywhere near what it looks like on paper, which it should be, by the way, a top five defense or bust. We got a, a question on YouTube and I responded in the comments. This better be at least a top five defense, you know, maybe even top three, top two defense. And if they are that and they have solid, reliable coaching, and they have even above-average quarterbacking and above-average offense, they will get to 10 wins. And I'm excited to watch the progression this year in uh, George Payton's first year as GM. All right, let me see what we've got here. Um, Yeah, a lot of good topics, a lot of good questions, some of which we've we've already grabbed here. So bear with me while I sift through. John's grabbing – Let's see, we need uh, Edward, we need Jace, Muhammad, and KR. Uh, the Queen has here's, – here's Jace, another newer name on uh, Super Chat. Appreciate Welcome, your support, Jace. my friend. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, means a lot. Connect on Twitter, and if you have any questions, get them in the chat. We'll keep an eye out. Uh, but that, that means a lot. Thank you. Um, higher Learnings with a question on YouTube. I don't understand why national media refuses to talk about the Broncos. They have a top five fan base, I think, in terms of numbers. Higher learning, as we touched on early in the show, it just really comes down to the Broncos have done nothing noteworthy with regard to, you know, what matters in the NFL, who's winning the games, right? Who's vying for the playoffs since 2016. The closest the Broncos have come to actually factoring into the playoff picture, Zach, was Case Keenum's year here in Denver coming out of the bye that three-game tear in which the Broncos beat um, the Steelers, the Bengals, and um, there's another one. I, w- I want to say it was the Chargers. 
where Philip Lindsay just went off the chain. They battled back into playoff contention. They were in the zone, and then they just went into a slump at the worst possible time. You can't go in a, into a slump down the stretch, right, especially if you started from in a hole. So that's the closest they've come. That's the answer, guys. Until they start winning some games and factoring in to the playoff picture, they're going to be overlooked by the national media. Sad but true, just like the uh, Metallica song. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Chad, how? Uh, who, who was the player that went off? Say that again. Yeah, right. Phil, exactly. you know, yeah, it's just uh, a little aside there. I, I would disagree. The national media doesn't have a problem talking about the Broncos. They have a problem talking good about the Broncos. They have a problem praising the Broncos, or they have a problem looking at the Broncos objectively and, and you know, not, not subjectively and just – perusing a box score if they looked at the Broncos the way Chad and I do or the way anyone else watches this team or covers this team they would be a little more complimentary but it's okay like we said last year this little missive got delayed because of the pandemic because of the injuries last year but they're going to all eat their words they're going to all see what the Broncos are capable of this year if again and it's a big if everything does fire on all cylinders all right next up we have a shadow jack uh, appreciate you, my friend. You've come on strong lately, and it's been really cool to kind of get to know you a little bit. 
in the chat. So welcome. Thank you again. Um, stick around. It says, greetings and salutations, your holiness. Should we trade back and stack? What say you? How high? Mile high. I like that, dude. That's a cool little catchphrase you got going there, Shadow Jack. Um, should we trade back and stack picks? I'll tell you what. I know that uh, ESPN college football analyst Jim Moore Jr. thinks that's exactly what George Payton is going to do this year. We'll see. Should they? I'm inclined to say it depends on who's on the board. Like if you have the chance at, at, at Micah Parsons right there at nine, you filled all these holes in the secondary. Now you got a chance to grab a generational, potentially, uh, linebacker with 4-3 speed. Yeah. Don't Killed trade him. back. Don't look that gift horse in the mouth. Draft him. Exactly. Yeah. It's going to depend on who's on the board. We can probably safely remove Caleb Farley from uh, number nine overall consideration, but they might love JC Horn. They were at his pro day yesterday or a couple days ago, South Carolina. They might select him. Uh, they might select Micah Parsons. They might select a quarterback chat. They might select Trey Lance or Mac Jones at that spot. But if all else does fail, the way George Payton has left these breadcrumbs and has left this trail leading to the draft, he has no problem. In fact, he prefers to trade down and stockpile draft capital. He called it stacking darts for having more dart throws at the dartboard. That's how he believes in building a team. So there's, I would say, a higher possibility of the Broncos moving down than there is them drafting a quarterback. But again, it's how they feel about the players that are on the board and how they feel about the players that they could move back and still target. We got the queen of MHH from the top rope, Christy. Everyone knows Christy. Everyone loves right. Christy. She is the queen of MHH for a reason, and uh, she shows love. Anytime she's in the chat, she's showing us some love on Super Chat. Much love to you, Christy, and hope you have a, a great weekend, my friend. That's right. Thank you, Christy, the queen, as always, as she wants to, Chad, popping in with a plum. I'm just repeating your lines right now. It says so good when it comes to Christy, but thank you, Christy. Uh, We love you, and we appreciate you. A lot of great – I mean, we got a pretty active chat tonight. A lot of longtime listeners. We got Jamal's in the house. Good to see you. We got some uh, newer people in the chat, names, and it's been really cool to see how we have – you know, the channel and what we're doing here on these live streams, how it continues to grow. Again, we're only 15 or so, 20, something like that, uh, subscribers away from 10K on YouTube. I'm going to be on vacation next week. But when I get back from vacation, we'll have well crossed the 10K barrier on YouTube. And we have some huge, remember 7K week last year when we hit seven, we had a really fun week celebrating that. We're going to do something similar, but even better, even more. I won't say to the nines, to the tens, right? We're going we're gonna to go off the chain, so look forward to that. Uh, Chris Hernandez, 24-year veteran of the Air Force and a guy that's been in my thoughts quite a bit lately. Much love to you, my dog. Hope things are doing well for you. I hope things are, are great. He says, much love and a reminder to everybody, especially if you're on YouTube or Facebook, click those little thumbs up, everybody. Appreciate you, dog. Thank you, Chris, as always. Good to see you, man. And Heed his message, everyone. Click those thumbs up. As uh, Dylan says, our fearless moderator, a little goes a long way. So we appreciate you. Indeed. It's a small thing you can do to really vault the show, really flex for us. Um, Interesting, um, as I'm scrolling here, John's getting one queued up real quick. Um, From Jeremy Hancock, another guy that's come on strong lately. Really appreciate you, Jeremy. I know the last two nights we've been live, you've been in the chat dropping some some uh, loves, so we appreciate it. He says, I know Cortland Sutton is great, but 
with our receiving core, would you guys rather pay Sutton top dollar or keep Tim Patrick at a discounted rate? Maybe draft another wide out this year and keep the position cheap. I'm paying Sutton because he was on a trajectory, Zach, of, you know, Demarius Thomas, when he first came into the league, because he shared his school with Calvin Johnson, you know, they called him baby Megatron. It never really stuck. Um, Really what he was known as early on was baby. That's what people call B-E-Y-B-E-Y. And then he became just DT, right? But if there is a, excuse me, a baby Megatron, it's not, and it wasn't Demarius Thomas, it's Cortland Sutton. So I'm, I'm expecting him to have a huge year this year coming back off that ACL, getting right back into the conversation as a top five, top 10 receiver in this league. And when the time comes to pay a cat, the cat gets paid. Yeah, and fortunately, the Broncos have a general manager now who believes in locking down his own talent smartly. And Cortland Sutton, I love Tim Patrick. I've been one of his biggest fans. I've been on the Tim Patrick train, you know, being the conductor, doing the horn and all that. But I'm always taking Cortland Sutton over Tim Patrick. It's no question at all. One's a top 10 guy. One's a number two receiver in the NFL at best. I'm paying Cortland. And if all else fails, they can franchise tag him. They can transition tag him. Chat. They have options with Sutton, but he deserves the bag. And if he's anywhere near what he was before the injury, he will get the bag. Cody Potter, another longtime superstar. Appreciate you, man. Seriously, good to have you. He says, I feel like George Payton is just trying to keep his options open to the public. Talking about, you know, going to the pro days and whatnot. In my opinion, they will show interest in all QBs, but will trade back for multiple picks. Yeah, because even if you're not going into this draft, Zach, hell-bent for high water to draft a Q, you still want to investigate because you you got to know what's out there. You got to, like he said, you got to kick every every rock over. You got to shake the bushes and seek an upgrade at every uh, position, and especially Zach, the quarterback position. Now that doesn't mean he'll make the pick, you know, in the first round or trade up and get a quarterback, but he's going to scout the ones that are available to the Denver Broncos, and it's every quarterback beyond, you know. Trevor Lawrence is going to get a pretty hard look-see from the Broncos just in case. But I wouldn't be surprised if if this is exactly how it turns out. They trade back, stock some picks. And, you know, I've made this point a few times on here, on KK, but what one thing I love about Peyton is that he always has the Broncos' best interest and best leverage in mind. And he has to at least keep up the appearance that he might take a quarterback at number nine just in case the team like the Patriots sitting at what? Uh, 15 or so, they want to move up for Mac Jones, number nine overall. They want to maintain as much leverage as they can because if they do trade down for a desperate team, they can, you know, pillage them for a second round pick, a third round pick, a fourth round pick. So keeping his options open and not narrowing anything or pigeonholing anything is the way to go up until they're on the clock and, you know, through them being on the clock. Boggins, good to see you, brother. By the way, I did reply to your last DM on Twitter. I want to talk to you, dude, because that's a pretty cool setup. I've got some questions for you. Uh, he says, Peyton didn't go to Alabama's first pro day. If he's going to their second, he'll miss Ohio State. That means he'd rather get eyes on Mac Jones in person than Fields, perhaps? Question mark. Maybe. Maybe so. I think one of the reasons why, if, if, George, if George Peyton ends up having a well-founded interest in Mac Jones, it's probably because he's the quarterback most likely if they trade back to be there in the late round one or to still be on the board in round two. Although 
the buzz he's starting to generate from senior bowl on, dude, after winning winning the national title. Not great. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. He's probably going to be a first-round pick, Zach. Yeah, I just – I have my misgivings with him, but I, I do wonder how much – of uh, Case Keenum, George Peyton, season Mac Jones, that type of quarterback, you know, the very, very high floor, but kind of relatively low ceiling. I wouldn't like a Mac Jones, but I wouldn't read too much into what George Payton does or doesn't do. I mean, he has scouts. He has eyes on the road. He's a natural scout at heart, and it could be that he likes more players, more draftable players at Alabama than he does at Ohio State. I wouldn't read too much into it, but he was a Trey Lance's pro day, and wherever he goes, obviously, that quarterback would be linked to Denver, but Trey Lance is way more reasonable than Justin Fields is, a potential top-five pick. I'm trying to find Muhammad's super sticker in a way that can dis- can display it, but it's not it's it's not working out. The, the stream jumped him, so I'm just going to give Muhammad his love that he deserves. And if John is able to find it again, we'll we'll definitely throw it up there because it's a super sticker with a little emoji. So Muhammad, MHH resident male model and bona fide MHH Mount Rushmore superstar, love you, buddy. Appreciate you. Thank you, Mo. Um, all right, let me see here real quick, John. Let me give you a update what I see on the back end. There's a second one from Jace Fox. That's an actual comment slash question. And then from there, um, it's about where I'm at. So we can, I'm going to continue to mosey a little bit and then we'll see what happens. If, when the stream jumps, I'll give you another, another update there. Um, Meantime, see, this is, this is why John is the man. When it jumps him, he finds him. Jace Fox Appreciate you again, my friend. He says, I think we go with Micah Parsons, excuse me, a pick nine or trade down, maybe stack second round picks. And we need an interior pass rusher that can help Shelby Harris. We have to rush with four. In other words, we got to be able to get home and get to the QB Zach with four, which is the staple, the the foundation, which Vic Fangio's historically successful defenses, the ones that were top five, the ones that did have a dominating effect on the league one of the reasons why, in fact, I would say the first reason why was because those defenses could get home, could affect the queue with four rushers. So he's not wrong. You saw it against the uh, you know Kansas City in the Super Bowl. You saw with Tampa Bay what they did on the interior. I agree the Broncos need uh, a guy that can push the pocket, not just Shelby Harris, but I would prioritize you know edge inside linebacker safety corner before I would look inside you paid Shelby you have Draymond Jones um you can bring back Demarcus Walker which I would do in a heartbeat he'd be low cost he'd be you know he knows the system he always making plays I would definitely pick a guy up I just in my opinion I wouldn't prioritize that in the first you know three or four rounds hey Dave Glassman he says I'm on a date with my wife I'll like on Facebook and YouTube and listen tomorrow thanks guys hey the wife comes first my yeah have a good date man yeah we feel you um, contender view, another newer name on super chat that, uh, we've seen contender view. I want to say this is the second time I can remember seeing them in a huddle up chat. So thanks my friend. Welcome. Stick around, connect on Twitter. I want us to take an offensive lineman in the first round, Panay Sewell, Slater, Derisaw, <clears throat> excuse me, um, or AVT. What's your take on these four players? Sewell, man, when the pre-draft season initially started, Zach, like that, there was no way. Penny Sewell was going to be there for the yeah. Broncos at nine. The top five now, guy. Now, dude, the, there's going to be a run on quarterbacks, and it wouldn't stun me if he is there at nine. Do you take him knowing that that albatross of a contract Juwan James has could potentially come uh, off the books with significantly less 
you know, dead money and paying for the Broncos after this season. I love Slater for what it's worth and Darius Carr. So those those three, I I would not cry at all if the Broncos landed them and used the first round. Well, with the first two in the first round, I wouldn't mind. Darius Saw, I'm not sure on that one as far as first round. I don't know, though, I would use the number nine pick on any any one of these four. If they want to move back to 15, 16 and take Sewell or Slater, if he's on the board, fine. But, you know, I just – it would be – it would be hard pressed for them to go offensive tackle when they still have Juwan James. He's very highly paid. He seems motivated, Chad, on social media that he wants to come back and prove the Broncos, I guess, wrong or right or whatever. They just paid Garrett Bowles. They're very high on Calvin Anderson. It seems like they, they want to get these little inexpensive unknown projects for Mike Munchak. I don't see, based on how they've operated them, using a first-round pick on a tackle. To me, all signs point to defense, either a linebacker or trade down for a cornerback. I don't know about an offensive tackle, though, as as much as we like them both, Sewell and Slater. All right, we got one here from Lawrence Rivera on Facebook, a great supporter of MHH over there. Appreciate you, Lawrence. He says, excuse me, we got toasted last year by the Raiders and the Chiefs when they really played. Do you think they'll – Uh, Do you think they really tried in those second games? So we say in the first meetings, Broncos got trounced by both the Raiders and Chiefs, which is absolutely true. I mean, the Chiefs and Raiders stomped the Broncos early in the season, the first half of the season. Um, The second one from the Chiefs, yes, they tried to win that. And so did the Raiders in the last game. They They should have won that last game, yes. So the Raiders did win. The year prior, the Broncos narrowly beat them with a Shelby Harris tip pass on fourth down, right? This past season, though, they did lose to the Raiders in the season finale. So did they try to lose? I don't think so. No, it was uh, Fangio coming up very, very small and the defense not being clutch in clutch situations, but they should have won that game. But, yeah, they were trying. They weren't trying to lose by any means. All right, Dennis Woods, another great longtime superstar. Appreciate you, my friend. We do miss being able to uh, keep tabs on you on Twitter. Other than that, you know you're the man. He says, I think I heard Nick Kendall say that the 22 22- 2022 quarterback class is not very good. So should we move up to get a top three or a top four quarterback just in case Locke doesn't cut it in 21? Go get that QB now or maybe have to wait two more years. Yeah, so that's the, the current um, scuttlebutt, the, the, the NFL draft zeitgeist. The book on the 2022 quarterback class is that it's not very good. But we're here to tell you, I mean, just look at 2020, all right? After the 2019 draft, they were saying the same thing about the 2020 class. In fact, what they were saying was there was only one quarterback to write home about in that class, and it's Justin Herbert. Then what happens? Right. Joe Burrow goes on to take the freaking college football, uh, football world by storm, wins the national title game. This guy was a – I mean, talk to Eric, talk to Nick, talk to any of our draft guys, Luke. They'll tell you. Joe Burrow, before his final year at LSU, was viewed as like a sixth – seventh round, maybe even undrafted caliber NFL prospect until things changed that last year. So this all goes, I'm, I'm going down this rabbit hole to say that right now it doesn't look so good, Dennis, but a lot can change between now and then with regard to the college football season, people, guys can emerge. And uh, so, no, I wouldn't let that govern what I do. My, my view on Q this year and right now is not going to be impacted or influenced by perceived lack of QB talent in 2022. Perfectly 
Perfectly put. I will just add this one little note. Raise your hand if you had Zach Wilson as a potential number two overall pick a year ago. I mean, these guys come out of nowhere. I don't look forward that far for that reason alone. So what Chad said, spot freaking on. Christian has come on like a boss lately. dude. It's been great to have you, my friend. Really appreciate you. He says, what's up, guys? The longer we go without signing or trading for a quarterback, the more I feel like we're going with a Q in the first round. I like Locke, and I think he can be the guy, but we just haven't seen enough. Hashtag state of being. Hashtag let him hate. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. Love it, Christian. Yeah, that's the pickle that the Broncos find themselves in, Zach. And, again, it's a it was an interesting uh, comment. You guys have heard me reference it now a few times just this week made by um, – Jim Moore Jr. with regard to the Broncos just being in kind of a purgatory pickle type situation because Drew Locke has not come in, stormed onto the NFL scene and pulled a Paxton Lynch and just disappointed everybody, stepped on his own you-know-what to the point where it's like, dude, just lose this guy. Get him out of here. Cut bait. But at this, and, and conversely, the flip side of that coin, he has shown some extremely tantalizing uh, flashes. Let's just put it that way. And so the Broncos, it's like – they're kind of punch drunk. They don't know which way to go. Is he is he going to be the you know week seven through ten Drew in twenty twenty one, or is he going to be the week eleven through you know week seventeen? And so because they don't know, they're probably more inclined to just say, "Look, we've seen enough to tantalize us to believe that an additional year in the scheme, building, growing off of that, building, growing off of the chemistry he's established with his skill position guys, building off the fact that we seem to have figured out our offensive line finally." We're going to roll the dice because we've gone this far with Drew. It, you can't turn back quite yet. Now, if he goes into this year under that type of a circumstance, Zach, and, and does do a Paxton Lynch and steps on his own, you know, you know what, or just is fair to middling or you know just fails to seize the day, there's your answer. Time to move on. Yeah, and you know, by doing nothing, Peyton kind of showed his hand because if they wanted a Nick Foles, they would have traded for a Nick Foles. If they wanted to sign a Fitzpatrick, they would have signed a Fitzpatrick. They had the opportunity, and they weren't even so much as linked to any available quarterback, Chad. So it said to me the two options, and I made the same point as you a couple weeks ago, Christian, that the more and more of the Broncos are inactive leading up to the draft, the the chances of the Broncos taking a quarterback at number nine or whatever number just skyrocket. But conversely, the chances of Drew Locke running it back for another year as the incumbent, maybe even with Brett Rippon as his backup, Chad, of all people, that also skyrockets. So that's the two options on the table right now. And if Peyton's a good GM, which through a couple months he's shown to be, he will leave that vagueness, that air of vagueness around the Valley, Chad. And he's going to keep everyone in suspense because it keeps his options open leading up to the draft at quarterback. Chad on Facebook, appreciate you, my friend. He says, in this day and age, with all the film, is it that important to see it live and in person, talking about going to the pro days? And uh, what's the what are they not showing on TV or film? So, you know, this kind of ties into something George Payton said. Um, he said it a couple times, actually, since he's become the GM, that he – and even with regard to Drew Locke is, you know, I, I saw a guy that was up and down, but he also showed some really strong traits. I have my evaluation, but I can't come to a for sure conclusion on Drew till I really get a chance to see him with my own eyes. Why? What is the difference between watching the film and seeing it with your own eye? It's just a gut thing. It's just right. a gut. You're in person. You're seeing it with your own eyes. And it's a feel 
that helps evaluators like George Payton either either say it confirms what I saw on film and thus I I, I know I'm on the right track with this prospect or <clears throat> it disabuses them. It, it contradicts <clears throat> maybe what they saw on film. So it's just a feel thing. George Payton, nor any scout in the NFL or GM or any other position, they didn't get to where they were strictly because they looked at a sheet of numbers and went on stats. Anyone can do that. You have to have the eye test, and you have to be able to have players pass or fail the eye test. And like you said, Chad, go with your instinct. Go with your gut. It's the one thing you and I both want from Vic Fangio to coach more with instinctual feeling and going off that instead of looking for a guy upstairs and looking at a number sheet. So he wants to see for his himself. He wants to see with his own eyes and that's one of the reasons I and maybe you as well I I don't buy into pro football focus as the end-all be-all I don't buy into analytics as the end-all be-all I want to judge a player with my own eyes and I will formulate my opinion based on that eye test all right we are at 55 minutes and real quick John the, the stream did just jump we've got this one from Daniel and another one from Daniel talking about Kellen Mond so we'll need that one we'll need um Christian, a.k.a. Team Joker. We'll need James Ma- uh, Moss. We'll need Brent Mason, Darian, Calvin, Willie, Oscar, Base Gase. Quite a few, actually, between um, where we where it left off and, and where I'm at in the chat now, which is around 7.03. So uh, I'll try and put some names in the in the chat here. But, da- uh, Daniel, thank you so much, dude. It's been great having you in the in the community, and we appreciate your support. He says, I get it, Broncos fans want a quarterback, but please stop with Mac Jones or trading up for Justin Fields. If we're not selling the farm for Deshaun, why take a rookie? Indeed, Zach, what utility? Like, let's say the Broncos did draft a quarterback this year, all right? And now it's your job to explain to the fans why that happened. I mean, justify it, rationalize it, all that. Why would the Broncos draft a quarterback in a season in which Vic Fangio is on the hot seat? It doesn't make sense to me, and I'm going to make the same point I made yesterday. If you draft a quarterback and either he doesn't start or he doesn't do well, the Broncos don't make the playoffs, Fangio is gone. And if Fangio is gone, Pat Shermer is gone. And if Pat Shermer is gone, his system is gone. So if you if you trade up for a Fields or you take a Mac Jones at number 9, he's going to be a rookie in 2022, having to relearn a playbook, having to get a new set of uh, play calls down, new terminology. It'd be like what Locke experienced going from Scangarello to Pat Shermer. You want continuity. So that's the biggest argument against taking a rookie this year. Yeah, you can say we don't know the prospects next year, but really, do you want to saddle a first-round investment and potentially more if you move up with a a coach like Pat Shermer who's failed last year with Drew Locke and who might be gone next year? To me, it's not good business in the first round. Daniel, again, thanks, buddy. He says, guys, I really think slash hope we bypass quarterback in the early rounds this year. Kellen Mond, the Texas A&M quarterback, is still a great option later on. Let's build a team defensively early. I feel you. And, you know, Mond is an interesting player. Like, round three, I would I would be okay with taking a quarterback there like Mond. Um, there's an article coming out either tonight or tomorrow from Nick Kendall that touches on something. Daniel Jeremiah, who, you know, this is the NFL Network's new Mike Mayock, right? Most, most hardcore NFL fans don't need me to explain who Daniel Jeremiah is, but those that are, you know, not super hardcore draft Knicks, they might not know. And Daniel Jeremiah, a former NFL scout himself. And when Mike Mayock left NFL network to go work with John Gruden and the Raiders, Daniel Jeremiah basically slid into his spot as NFL networks, Mel Kiper. Only this is a guy who has actual 
NFL scouting experience. And Zach, here's something he said very recently with regard to this very topic. Quote, this is Daniel Jeremiah. I could see Denver going after Sam Darnold or other veteran options, but if the Broncos don't land one of them, I believe they'll try to bring in some competition for Drew Locke via the draft. Kellen Mond would be a fit in the third round. He improved in each of his seasons as uh, at Texas A&M, uh, finishing things up by winning the MVP award at Reese's Senior Bowl in January. He really improved his decision-making in 2020. Mond, Zach, could come in and push Locke. Close quote. My thing on that is, though, how do you sell that to Locke? I mean, how do you go about navigating that? If you bring in a first-round quarterback, you're obviously declaring to Locke that his his, uh, his time is ticking. He's not the answer. We're looking to move on. But if you don't bring in a veteran backup for him or a fail-safe or a mentor or whatever, what would a mid-round rookie do? If you use a mid-round pick on a quarterback, what is he going to offer the team? What does that say to Locke? Listen, he's right there um, in case you bomb. He's the future. We'll try with him. He's not. You're not going to learn anything from him. So the Broncos have to either kind of, to me, go all in or all out on Drew Locke. It's either he comes back as the unvarnished starter or they bring in a first-round quarterback. If they bring in a middling guy like a fifth fourth, third rounder, who's to say he's any better than Brett Rippon? And Brett Rippon's more experienced. So to me, it's all or nothing when it comes to number three in the Broncos quarterback position this season. The only um, exception I would take to anything you just said, Zach, is I'm, I'm, I'm with you on the draft component of what does it really offer you? Like if you take Kellen Mond, as intriguing as he is, if you take him in the third round, he, all, what that offers you is some long-term developmental upside. You already have that in Drew Locke, right? If you're going to supplement uh, the, the position and you're George Payton and you really do want to bring in competition for Drew Locke, it's probably not going to help you to bring in a rookie in 2021. If you truly want to not only you know push Locke but have an actual fail-safe, it's got to be a veteran. So that's what I don't understand about um, his, when I say him, Payton's strategy thus far is, if you're not going to take a veteran quarterback, if you're not going to sign a veteran when ever, I mean, it's pretty much dried up. Who's left Alex Smith. Then you really are just going to roll with drew and Brett Rippon. And you're right. Brett Rippon, Zach, not only does he have one year of, uh, or one game uh, under his belt as an NFL starter, two seasons in the league, but Zach, he was a four year starter at Boise state. True. Yeah, that's a good point. And if you're going to even gamble on another quarterback, not a first round quarterback, at least draft a quarterback that's like Locke that he can re- resonate with and relate to in some way. I don't see Kellen Mond and Drew Locke being on the same uh, play level at all. All right, Christian, good to see you, brother. By the way, I just got notified today that your T-shirt has shipped. So I thought it would have shipped earlier. You know, we don't control that for what it's worth. And um we expected it probably to ship a little bit sooner than it did, but it's on its way to you. I'm guessing you'll have it very, very soon. He says, I can't wait to get that shirt, boys. And, Zach, I love the tweet. Today is a great day to cut Jeff Driscoll. Thoughts on Natani Muti taking Graham Glasgow's spot at right guard? Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. Right now, in his heart of hearts, John's going like this because John's all about Graham Glasgow. <laughs> GG. We'll call him GG. But what's your answer here for, for Christian? You know, I want Graham Glasgow to work out because the Broncos invested so much money in him. He seems like, for what John tells me, a very, very nice guy, a very guy, uh, a guy that's open to the fan base and wants to connect with everyone. But 
Mootsie, to me, has just higher upside in what the Broncos want to do under Mike Munchak. In the little bit that we saw of Mootsie last year, his tenacity and run blocking, Chad, that animal mentality he has, that road grading mentality, I love to see. And I didn't see that from Graham Glasgow, who's overpaid, injury prone, and kind of getting up there in age now. I want the younger guy, the cheaper guy, the higher upside guy. And I think it's a matter of time, not if, but when Mooty becomes a starting right guard of the Broncos this coming season. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it was kind of a disappointing debut uh, for Gigi, for Graham Glasgow. And it wasn't all his fault. He did get hurt and then he caught the bug. And so I'm willing to give him a pass for that. The Broncos are paying him some serious coin, right? He's an 11 million a year starting right guard in the league. So it's in the team's best interest for him to work out this year. But if he does get hurt again, or if he doesn't work out, Natani Muti, man, all that kid needs to succeed in the league beyond what he already has, you know, in terms of not only his own uh, wherewithal and skills and whatnot, but the coaching, what he just needs to stay healthy. If Natani yes. Muti stays healthy, goodness yes. gracious. And by the way, shout out to Mama Muti. I know she likes to watch these live streams. Um, shout out to you. Let me just make a point here. It says real quick, Mucci was terrible in pass pro. So was Garrett Bowles. He was pretty terrible before Mike Munchak got his hands on him. So Mucci is still raw. He was a rookie last year. Let Munchak work with him, and I promise he'll be cleaned up. And when he comes together, Chad, in pass pro and run blocking, that's a decade-long guard. I see that level of ceiling in Natani Mucci. James Moss, it's been a minute since we've seen you, my friend. Welcome back. Thank you. Appreciate you. He says, there are always one or two players that, for whatever reason, fall in the draft. Do you see any of the top quarterbacks falling, for whatever reason? Um, no, not really. I'm trying to think if there's if I'm picked up anything that I can what, convey to what you Would guys. Mac Jones be considered a top quarterback, or is he is it the top four? I would I would put him in there, dude. Honestly, I would put I would put Mac Jones in a in the at this stage based on I mean every fork in the road from the offseason on that he needed to get an A plus on the test, he's gotten the A plus. And so I think he's I think he's maybe you can't say cemented himself as a first round guy, but he's in the conversation in my opinion. And not just to me, Chad Jensen, like I think this guy's you know first round caliber quarter. Like from what I'm hearing, the way teams and draft Knicks are viewing this cat. Yeah, I think he's the guy that could fall out of the top 10, but the top four guys are pretty much top 10 locks, Chad. If not for the teams that are already in the top 10, the teams that can trade up into the top 10, uh, if I had to make a prediction, though, I think Mac does fall to the teens, maybe to New England and number 15, I believe. Ooh. Hey, real quick, John. Um, so after James, like we just got, we need Brent, Darian, Calvin, Willie. Brent, Darian, Calvin, Willie, and Oscar. And let me grab Timmy here. Timmy Shields in the house. Hey, man, this is, if I'm not mistaken, Zach, this is Michaela's friend from last night. Welcome back. Good to have you, dog. Thanks for the support. Uh, I am not exactly new. I've been watching since last offseason. Okay, all right. MHH helped me reconnect with my life, uh, my long friend, Michaela. Hashtag lock supporter. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. Hashtag state of being. Very cool, man. Thanks, thanks for the background. That's interesting uh, to hear and learn about that. And we're looking forward to seeing you in the chat, uh, Timothy, going forward. Timmy, sorry. Timmy. That's formal. Timothy, I'm sure his real name is Timothy, right? I've never met a Tim or Timmy whose real name wasn't Timothy. So Try to be respectful. But, however, is every Zach Zachary? That's a question. I am. I've known just Zach, though. 
you know, I believe Zach Efron is just Zach Efron, but I'm Zachary. So there's a difference. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, while John's getting a few of our, uh, the, the stream has jumped quite a few. So just FYI guys, if you know, you, you supered and we're here, we are clicking on someone who's way after you just know that John's <laughs> pulling it up. This, the chat just dropped. Um, need some manscape. Let's just say, um, Gifted like a Bronco. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, hashtag football priest. Hashtag go Broncos. Appreciate you, dog. Thank you. Thank oh, you. man, that was good. Uh, Brent Mason, appreciate you. Thanks for answering my question. I'll I'll be sure to catch more live pods. Been a consistent listener of the show since it started. You guys are the best. Appreciate you. Really Thank do. You, Brent. Thanks, Brent. Means a lot to us, my dog. Seriously. Um, all right. We are at 106, so we got to hustle, hustle, hustle. We don't leave any superstar out in the cold. And even though this is the mile high mailbag, we try to be as democratic as possible. We are now in crunch time. The chips are down. We're at the, it's the stretch run. We gotta, we gotta get the superstars. Starting with Calvin. Two nights in a row, Calvin, in the super chat. Appreciate you, dog. Been great to get to know you a little bit, little bit. Keep it coming. He says, "What's up, Broncos country? Which middle linebacker would you prefer for our defense, Parsons or Jabril Cox?" Repping from Dallas, Texas, baby. Bleed orange and blue. Love it, dude. Um, so for me, it starts with Parsons. But if you miss out on Parsons, or let's just say you love him, but you're just too nervous about that off-field stuff to take him at nine, Jabril Cox would be far from a consolation prize. I mean, this dude is legit in his own right. I would suggest everybody, uh, when you when you get off this pod, just search on Google or go to, go to the milehighhuddle.com and click on draft and scroll. The Finding Broncos scouting report from Eric Trickle on Jabril Cox. That'll tell you really everything you need to know about this linebacker. But he's he'd be he'd be a good fit for Fangio. He would. And you know, there's a scenario that I'm thinking of where the Broncos move down into the teens and take maybe J.C. Horn Falls or Sertan Falls. Then they move back up with the pick they get into the first round and grab Cox. That would be a pretty good pairing there, getting a corner and getting a linebacker. But yeah, Parsons has the character concerns he has the coverage concerns and those aren't issues with cox so i would not cry if he was the pick james krupka thank you for that generosity my friend and uh i know this is not the first time you've supered it's been you've been coming on a little bit strong of late so keep it up we appreciate you thank you haven't been able to get in the live chat lately but i just want to say the first round quarterback pick is a poison pill the colts got elway for us and Locke fell into our laps Love the pod. Keep it up. It can be. And by the way, thank you, James. Seriously. It can be, right? You, I mean, first-round quarterbacks bust every single year. Um, it, it's, it can be a crapshoot, <clears throat> especially if they don't land with the right team, the right fit. Like in Paxton Lynch's case, as an example, Zach, this was a guy that, A, should not have been drafted in the first round. But even though, even if he was still drafted in the first round, he deserved to go to a team that was willing to embrace him as – the next guy, give him that benefit of the doubt problem. One of the reasons he didn't work out in Denver was because Elway believed that Kubiak didn't Gary Kubiak was like, miss me on Paxton Lynch, dude. No. And there was that internal power struggle that then took place between Elway and Kubiak over the Paxton Lynch issue that led to some, you know, some uh, purported conflicts with Elway wanting to bounce a couple of Kubiak's top assistants and to a point where Kub just said, you know what? Catch you on the flip-flop. I stepped down one year after winning the Super Bowl and then leading my team the next year to nine wins without a franchise quarterback 
that guy steps down. Now, Zach, if Gary Kubiak doesn't step down following the 2016 season, do the Broncos are the Broncos a double digit loss season in each of the uh, ensuing four, mm. four years? I, you know, he got more out of Wes than any coach since him, you know, either uh, Vance or Vic Fangio. I don't think so. I think he would keep him in contention. I, I think he would be smart enough not to uh, keep on with the Paxilin charade. But I don't necessarily agree that you have to pass on a first-round quarterback because it's a poison pill. Yes, plenty haven't worked out, but plenty have worked out as well. And if you're convicted enough and you have the scouting and you have the need, I would still pull the trigger. All right, we got one from Willie, one of our great superstars. Willie, have we gotten you a T-shirt? I think it's about time to get you a T-shirt, if we haven't. I'm trying to remember if we've made if we've made the offer, but... You're about due, my friend. You have been so consistent in your support of the show, and it's a small thing we can do to thank you. So reach out, uh, shoot us an email, milehighhuddle at gmail.com. We'll get your deets. We need your address, T-shirt size. We'll get that sent out. The fact that we have this quarterback mess going on and not a peep from Drew Locke, just rumors, he's working his butt off, gives me confidence. Let's go. And then, of course, the apropos, I like to wear it on the pod here and there, uh, emojis. All right. A horse a chicken, a lock. All right. Uh, yeah, dude, he's keeping his head down, but you know, Zach, he's hearing all this, all these rumors, all the buzz. And I think that's good. He needs to hear it, man. He didn't leave no doubt. And I, I, I try to not use um, uh, double negatives, but he did not leave no doubt. And because of that, he's got to live with the the way the chips have fallen and it's up to him to change that narrative. It is, and but everything we've heard so far is that he's motivated, he's confident, he's forward-thinking, he's in a good headspace. And what George Payton said, he's seen him around the building. We've seen teammates say that they've seen him around the building. He's been working out, he's been training. He maybe will get that passing camp going. This is going to make Locke a better quarterback. Whether they pick up a quarterback or not, just having these rumors swirl, the speculation, is going to make him better. Iron sharpens iron, always. We got a question here from Oscar. Appreciate you, my friend. What are your opinions on Cordell Volson? Now, the only thing I'll tell you, dude, we, when, when it comes to any topic, but including the draft, if we don't if we don't feel like we can speak to it with authority, we're not going to steer you wrong. We're not going to blow smoke up your skirt. I don't know anything about this cat other than he's North Dakota State, if I'm not mistaken. So I would uh, I would talk to Eric and Lance tomorrow night, or you know Nick and Luke Saturday. But he says uh, Eric and Lance are saying he is Garrett Bowles 2.0, and I like the sound of that. Yeah, we can do our research, I guess. I mean, 2020 Garrett Bowles. Yeah, which version? Not, yeah, if it's the latter one, I'm fine with that. But I'd want a guy, a tackle, maybe a little more consistent to be relying relying upon if and or when Juwan James decides to bow out of the lineup this season. By the way, John says top top 75 pick. So maybe he ends up a, a premium round pick for somebody. We'll see. Uh, Jess C., good to see you, brother. Good to see you. Uh, appreciate you. He says, much love. Can't wait to see Cortland Sutton back. Yeah, dude. I mean, just that effect alone on Drew, I think is going to be very galvanizing for his play. Yeah, I'm 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 so excited to see the safety blanket he gets in him and the the owner of 70-30 balls because again, there's nothing that's 50-50 with Cortland Sutton in the lineup, Chad. You throw it up and good chances he'll come down with it. John, so after our great superstar-based gaze, we got J.B. Garner, Michaela again, Tom, Dave, and then we're about where I'm at. So so one last time here. Uh, J.B. Garner, Michaela, Tom, Dave, just FYI. Uh, base case, 
dude, we don't know what your real name is and we don't expect you to tell us your real name, but it would be really cool to have you on the show, man. You've been a consistent, steady superstar for a long time and it would be fun to get to know you a little bit. If uh, you're down, reach out. We'll book, book you on the show at some point here during the off season. But he says, uh, what's the Broncos ceiling if Locke plays to a mid-tier level? With our top 10 level defense, possibly a 2017 Bortles led Jaguars, maybe. So let's define mid tier. What's a mid tier level quarterback performance relative to someone who played last year's that? Uh, I, I don't, I can't think of anyone off the top of my head that's, that's mid tier. I just think if they can get solid above average play and not even top 10, this defense, there's no excuse to have a top, anything less than a top five defense. I mean, you've imported pro bowlers and all pros everywhere. You kept the band back together. This should be a top five squad. And if you get just 3,500 yards, you know, 25 touchdowns and 10 picks from Locke, I mean, I think they can be a playoff team at minimum this season. Let's say like a Derek Carr level mid tier quarterback. Yes. Yeah. I mean, the ceiling is playoffs going all the way. You know, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Right. But if you get a mid tier level, Drew, and I think honestly, his week 11 through week 17 play was a mid tier level quarterback play, you know, combined with that bad stretch in the middle of the season and then getting hurt early, it added up to definitely, you know, his body of work in, in, in year two was not a mid-tier level quarterback. It was a lower tier. But I think if you can get Drew week 11 through week 17, to me that qualifies as a mid-tier. And with this team, the way it's shaping up on paper, that's a that's a playoff team. J.B. Garner, thank you for that super chat, my friend. Thank you. The one, it's a super sticker, actually, with the, the 100. Really means a lot, dude. Thank you. And uh, it's been cool to see you come on strong lately. And uh, in, in Super Chat. So if you got questions and whatnot, we're out of time tonight. But if you got questions, remember, you get them in the chat and uh, as a Super Chat, and we will definitely get to them. I, I like this uh, comparison, though, for a mid-level quarterback. If they get a Kirk Cousins performance, this is a playoff team. This is a 9 or 10 win at a minimum playoff team. So that's good, Jesse. I agree with that. Michaela, thank you again, my friend, for the support. She says, and I'm going to correct you here, Michaela. She says, you – are at 9.98K subs. No, no, no. We, and I say that myself, Zach, John, all the pod hosts and y'all, all the great listeners and subscribers and everyone that enjoys this podcast daily, we are only a couple of subs away from 10K. So uh, really appreciate it. Thank you, Michaela. It's wild though. You know, I remember we were at three. We needed three to start, you know, really getting this going and doing super yep. chat and these live pods. And now we're at 10 almost. It's a, it's a credit to everyone out there. And that's why we bring this show for you guys. We do for you guys. And we're so appreciative for you guys. So again, thank you. Our audience takes our calls to action to heart. You know, when we say, Hey, if we're doing a good job or you respect the effort, share it out. They do. And it does help expose us to new Broncos fans who, Hey, man, all they need to know is this is out there for them, right? Most fans are out there. They're used to the radio, which gets old for people because there's no connection, right? There is no connection or community between two of the – let's take the number one radio program in Denver sports, the drive on the fan uh, from from 3 o'clock on, right, with D-Mac and Tyler Columbus. Great show. Tip your cap to them. I mean, they dominate their market. There's no connection, right? As a fans, yeah, you can send them a text and whatnot, but like to them, it's it's nothing, right? This is a community, and that's one of the things we tried to cultivate that we believe sets us apart. Chad, I have really good news for you. We're we at crossed. 10K. Yes, we've crossed. 
Hats off. Yeah, you get the ball dunked. You, <laughs> you, you get the you get messed up here. Thank you guys. It's, it's amazing it. live cross the mark live. Wow. Very cool. John, if you guys could see what I almost flashed John on the screen just barely and then his his mother would have disowned him. So <laughs> Anyway, thank you Michaela. Um John, while you're pulling up the next couple, we got to grab Dale from from Paradise D Dub 96734. Love you. Appreciate you, brother. He says, what's up, gang? At this point, I'd like to hear your top three picks, whether we were to trade down, uh, pick one, two, second, or and pick up a first, a second, a second, or a first, second, and third rounds. All right, so, Zach. Yeah. The first three picks the Broncos make in this, in this draft, if it was up to Zach and you could just, you know, write it on the board and the football gods give it to you, who are the Broncos' first three picks in this draft? I don't know that I have them by name, but I mean the position I, I like to go. I, I'd probably go linebacker, I in, inside linebacker, meaning Micah Parsons or JOK in a trade down. Then I would take corner, and then I would take I would take an offensive tackle. I was going to say safety, but I think they can maybe wait until the mid rounds. I know there's a lot of top heavy guys in this draft class, but I got to practice what I preach. You got to stock the cupboard of the offensive line, so. Uh, inside linebacker, corner, tackle. That's where I'm going. I'll, I'll give you some names. This is like ideal for me. Knowing, of course, also realistically where some of these guys are likely to be picked, I'm going to say Parsons at nine. I'm, I'm hoping and praying I can land Eric Stokes, the, the Georgia corner, in the second round. And then in the third round, you know, I'm looking hard at taking an offensive tackle. I'm, t- I'm looking at, um, you know, Dylan Raddins from North Dakota State. I'm looking at – um, uh, Tevin Jenkins, if he's there from Oklahoma State, something like that, Zach, where I'm able to fill a couple of of long term holes. Because other than Parsons, and even including Parsons, like Denver wouldn't need any of those three to play this year to to you know get their bang for their buck. Parsons, of course, he would end up seeing some playing time because he's the first round pick. But thank you, thank you for the 10K love, you guys. Appreciate you. But that would be my, uh, you know, dream top three, just like off the cuff. You know, that's I shouldn't say dream, but those are three names that I'd be stoked to see. I'd have to really think about it to give you my true dream top three, you know, first three picks. I'd be happy if they went even two out of the three. You know, if they grab those positions in the first three rounds, they have to address this, the secondary and the uh, the linebacking core, though. It's pretty, pretty cool that we actually crossed 10K organically while we were live on the show. Very cool moment. Very cool moment. Maybe John can make a clip on that because it is a, a special moment for us and we owe it all to you guys. So thank you. Um, but we are really long here and it's okay. Cause it's mile high mailbag, but we got to hustle here. Tom, good to see you brother up there North of the 49th parallel. Hey guys, 73 million for Shaquille Barrett. Is that a misprint? Your opinion on that guys. Thanks. Uh, no, it's not. He, the, my dude got paid and he's earned it. You know, he left Denver, went and became the sack champ. Something Von Miller, for what it's worth, we all love Von. We all know he's a future Hall of Famer, in my opinion, anyway. He's there. Here's two things, Zach. Von has never accomplished in his Hall of Fame caliber career. He's never been the sack champion, and he's never been Defensive Player of the Year. Wow! Thank you, Christy. Thank you for that. <laughs> well, very That's... generous super chat celebrating the the uh, 10K mark. Yes, indeed. We're we not bow to you, Christy. Thank you. Yeah, it wouldn't happen without you. Seriously. Um, thank you, Jack. Thanks to all. But um, I just lo- I just lost my train of thought. What I was talking about. 
It's all good. It's 10K. I know. I'm just like stunned Celebration, by Celebration. But uh, actually, you've had, some, no. you've had some celebratory refreshment. That's why you lost your place. <laughs> Either way. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I got, I got, I got uh, off point there. Um, that's right. Shaquille Barrett. So, so Vaughn's never done that. Shaq leaves Denver, goes and, and, and pulls off something Vaughn's never achieved, which is leading the entire league in sacks. And then he backs it up with a solid, if unspectacular, second year, but is a big reason they not only go to the playoffs, but then win the Super Bowl, laying the freaking smack down on Patrick Mahomes, which every Broncos fan was grateful to see. So he uh, is definitely deserving of that money and more power to my dog. Yeah, I'm going to let you guys in on a little secret that you might not have known that pass rushers, elite pass rushers in their prime, they get paid, capital P, paid. I'm so happy for Shaq. Like, I'm happy for Shelby. I'm happy to see good players who put their time in, who've paid their dues, and who deserve it get paid. Shaq falls into that category. It's also cool, Zach, to see Shaq kind of take with him a little um, homage to his mentor. Choosing to wear the number 58 in Tampa, I think, is a very cool uh, gesture. Dave from Georgia. Love you, bro. Good to see you. Can't wait to have you on the show in the near, near future. Popping in to show some love. I'll have to watch later. Hashtag let them hate. Hashtag Broncos country. Yep, we'll talk to you soon, brother. Appreciate you. Thanks, Dave. Uh, real quick, John, let me tell you, uh, the chat is about to jump. Whoop. Let me grab James Krupka, and then it jumps, uh, and then I'll see where we're at. James, thanks again, brother. Had had to throw a Finsky for Kellerman's nastiness in regards to the Philip Lindsay jettison. Both of you and John love it. Yeah, dude, we're none of us love that move. And look, we can sit and rationalize it and be like, hey. He's he was a, not a fit for the scheme, so that's malarkey, dude. Yeah. You scheme around the best players. Let's not go down the rabbit hole, but appreciate you, James. Yes, I, we do, and uh, I'll leave it at that. No comment. Um, all right, real quick here, John. So the stream just jumped. We've got um, after James. Stand by one sec. It's doing a quick load, and then we got a really mosey. Um, we've got Darian. Uh, excuse me. We got another one from Dale. So hold on, hold on. Let me back it up. So we got Dale again, Chill Will, Darian, Isaiah, Black Knight, Boise Man, and Naj. And then we're out. So um, let's let's grab those those fine folks. Starting with Dale right here. Paradise, love you, Dale. Thank you for that support, dude. Seriously, allows us to keep doing this, keep showing up for y'all. This the support we get from our community. So thank you. Dale and every one of our superstars, supporters, and stars. Uh, My bold Bronco prediction, this is Dale. Javante Williams will be better than Najee Harris and Travis Etienne. Chad and Zach, give us one player each that the Broncos should select that will outperform his draft status and surprise us all. Hmm, That's a good question, dude. That the Broncos should... I, I agree, first of all, that Williams could be a better NFL pro than Najee Harris, and uh, they're both all good running backs. But I was going to say, if, if Richie Grant falls to the second round, I don't think he will, but if he does and the Broncos get him at that spot, I think he would way outperform a second-round type uh, player. But that's a hard question without knowing who's going where, and uh, you know the, the big board is going to change 10,000 times between now and late April. But uh, someone in the second or third round. I'll tell you. Here's my answer. Elijah Molden, all right, the the slot corner from Washington that um, if he was three inches taller, he's a top 10 pick, right? This dude, turn on some tape and watch him play. 
He's he projects as a nickel. He's if the Broncos draft him, he's Bryce Callahan's replacement next year. And you don't even have to worry about it. Like he's going to be a stud. So there's my answer for you, Dale. He's going to wherever he lands. And it's probably going to be at the soonest date, uh, early day two. Uh, he's going to outkick his coverage. Trust on that. He's going to become a bona fide stud. I also like us, uh, Jesse Smith pointing out Slater in the comments. I do believe he'll be the best tackle in this draft class over Sewell. So I like that, uh, uh, that player, that prediction as well. Um, all right, real quick, John. Chill Will, Darian, Isaiah, Black Knight. Chill Will, Darian, Isaiah, Black Knight. As I scroll down here really quick, because I know there's one or two within my grasp that I can get. Um, meantime, Chill Will, good to have you back in the stream, dude. It's been a minute. Longtime superstar. Been out, been out of the live chats anyway, at least that I've seen for a while. So it's great having you. What's up, fellas? Just saying what's up to everyone. I haven't been around as of late. Been working a lot, but I heard we've been making some moves in free agency, but lost Lindsay. Yes, indeed, brother. Uh, unfortunately, we did lose Philip Lindsay, but yes, other than that, George Payton's absolutely knocked it out of the park, crushed it. Yeah, you couldn't ask for a better offseason so far, and uh, it sucks for Lindsay, but uh, chill, Will. Uh, put your Texans hat on and hope he does well in Houston next year. Naj, who has been a great superstar. He likes to hang out on Facebook. He started on Facebook and then he moseyed on over to, to YouTube in order to show us some love and support on Super Chat. You've been a stud, dude, and we should get you on the show. You're another guy. If you want to come on the show, DM me uh, on Facebook. Let's set it up. It'd be great to, to get to know you a little bit. He says, hey, brothers, congrats. Thank you. Uh, what's your confidence level in the coaching staff going into this season? Mm. My confidence is not very high. I mean, I look. I'm a, I believe in redemption. I believe in second chances when it comes to like just human beings. All right. But I also am a pragmatist and a realist in that the best predictor of future behavior is past behavior. And for most coaches, you know, you go two years in and you have failed to win more than seven games in each of those two, you know, and then he shows the regression last year, at, not only to start the season, but then he ends with a very sour note. Then you got Pat Sherman. You're going, what the heck, dude? Square, uh, square peg round hole philosophy. Tom McMahon, I mean, we could go down the rabbit hole big time. So I'll tell you, my confidence is not high. But that doesn't mean I don't have some optimism. I do have optimism, Zach. And that is that hopefully just the time on task, lessons learned from bumping your head and the, and the trial and error process, eventually they can get it right, hopefully, this year. I want Vic Fangio to work out. It's in the Broncos' best interest to not have to go out and have to rehire a whole new coaching staff. It's just like, to me, though, what from any of the coordinators or coaches gives you that confidence? I mean, you look at Tom McMahon, uh, if there's a, a number less than 0% confidence, that's what I have in Tom McMahon. He should have been fired two years ago. Um, you know, Pat Shermer is Pat Shermer. I don't think he's suddenly going to become, you know, Brian Dayball or Kellen Moore or Matt LaFleur or Sean McVay. He is who he is, and we have to hope that Locke succeeds and develops in spite of Pat Shermer, as sad as that is. Vic Fangio at Donatel, that defense should be good because of the personnel they have. But with Vic Fangio, you worry about the clock management issues, the timeout issues. With the defense, you worry about the late game lapses, not being clutch. My confidence is low. You know, I'm hoping for the best, but I'm expecting the worst from the coaching staff. Darian Barrow, another newer name on Super Chat. Welcome. Thank you. Connect on Twitter. Any of the four quarterbacks is better than Locke. Doesn't matter if they're rookies. Our ceiling is higher with any of them. They all have more talent. It's just simply not true. It's just simply an opinion. That's not a fact at all. Yeah, I mean, hey, Darren, we feel you in terms of, look, dude, like, you know, Locke has been 
He's failed to live up to the expectations everyone had last year. But if what you're looking for is a winning season in 2021, I hate to, we hate to be the ones to break it to you, but Drew's the quarterback currently within reach for Denver that gives them the best chance to do that. Unless they signed Alex Smith and, or unless they acquired, um, Deshaun Watson via trade. That's just the that's just the bottom line. Well, I mean, the obvious is we don't know the ceilings of the four prospects because they haven't taken one snap in the NFL. But you know, also we don't know what Drew Locke's ceiling is yet, Chad, because he hasn't had one full season yet where he's been unbothered with continuity and given a fair level playing field. So I, I think it's infactual, and I think it's all subjective to say that any of these quarterbacks can be better than Locke when we don't know yet how good Locke can be. Boise man, good to see you, bro. Thank you. By the way, if you're on Twitter, connect, dude, because I always try to find you on Twitter, but no dice. If we get a quarterback in the first, Locke won't get a fair shot. True. They will be determined, uh, they will be determined to reset the QB clock with the talent we have on the roster. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, if you draft a quarterback this year, clock's di- uh Locke's days are numbered. And by that I mean like he's sitting down no later than week eight. Like, even if he does modestly well you drafted a quarterback in the first round. I mean, that's riding on the wall. Yeah, there's no, like, have a quarterback competition or have Locke, you know, have the rookie be behind Locke. If they draft a quarterback at number nine or anywhere in the first round, that is the future and the Locke era, as brief as it was, would be coming to a close. We got Isaiah and then Black Knight, and then we got a dip, gang. Isaiah, good to see you, brother. Appreciate you. Congrats on your pod. Sorry, it's, actually, no, this is a different Isaiah. My bad. Isaiah, love you, bro. Sorry it's been a minute, fellas. Missed the early part of this show, but we got to pass on a quarterback with the number nine pick. Thoughts? Hashtag MHH fam. Yeah, I mean, we we depends on what you want. Do you want to win this year or do you want to set it up for like the next five years? Because Locke gives you a chance at both of those things. A rookie only gives you a chance at the second thing, so – yeah, we're feel, I'm feeling like I think both Zach and I are feeling linebacker. If you can get yeah. Parsons at nine, that's that would be the coup. Yeah, or you know Collins or uh, JOK in a trade down. I'm going linebacker probably on day one. Okay, last one. We got to go, gang. A very generous super chat from wow, one of Jeremy. our bona fide superstars, Jeremy, aka you, Black Knight two thirty two. Hats off, my friend. Um, we need to book a time to get you on the show. Let's just nail it down, dude. Even if it's just your phone, it's all good. We don't need the lappy. We don't need the perfect situation. So um, love you, dude. Seriously, appreciate the, the the support, Jeremy, and from everybody. I mean, we got Jeremy going off, Zach. We got Chill Will going off, wow. dude. I mean, unbelievable Whoa. in multiple 50s tonight. Just wow. blows our mind. Thanks to everyone. We love you. Chill Will says, appreciate wow. everything y'all do. Much love. So here's, again, one last hats off to Chill Will and Jeremy. Much love to each and every one of you guys. I'll salute you guys. Thank you so much. And we wouldn't be a 10K without you. We wouldn't be doing this without you. We wouldn't be going live without you four nights a week. We wouldn't be doing any of this without you guys. So we owe our debt of gratitude is unfulfillable, Chad. It's 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 infinite how, how gra- grateful we are and how appreciative we are. So thank you each and every person for each and every word, each and every syllable, each interaction. We love you. And now on to 20K, Chad. And then 30, then 50, and then... World domination. Amen. Amen. Echo. Um, ditto. Last thing. Shout out to our stars givers on Facebook. Ian, I know you had a couple of good um, – oh, there was a question of yours I was going to get. I'll make it up to you, Ian. I saw it, but we were running out of time. 
I promise you I'll make it up to you, Doug. Randy, Gary, Riley, Brad, Joshua, John, Zachary, on Facebook, each and every one of you, thank you so much. Much love to you. We got to do a really short wind down here to sign off. We're done for the week, Zach and I. Make sure, though, the last thing I want to say to you guys, uh, besides just thank you so much for everything, is a quick reminder to go follow um, the – well, all of you are already following the the Mile High Huddle Facebook page, but go become a supporter. Click the big blue button because you'll get access to the Trickle Zone Saturday at noon. Plus, Zach, I mean, I don't know if you can – if you can kind of um, hint, if you can maybe promote what you got cooking for Sunday's Kelberman's Corner show, but yes, you know we, we got to get people over there. Yes, I can give it away because the topic I'm going to give is not what I'm going to say. I'm going to be grading, and this is a little preview, a little my little you know my hook for the show on Sunday for KK number twelve. I'm going to be grading each and every one of George Payton's moves so far this offseason and my true and honest and gut feeling on every move. No holds barred, hot takes that hold water Sunday at noon, mountain time. Be there, guys. I promise it's worth it. I almost forgot. We got to announce the winner of the of the giveaway on the Huddle Up Podcast Facebook page. Here it is. Congrats to Greg Smith. You are the winner this week, my dog. You got a T-shirt coming your way. In fact, now that I think about it, I think you already have a T-shirt. So maybe we'll do a mug. Maybe we'll do a hat. But uh, just reach out to us. Send us an email, milehighhuddle at gmail.com, and we will set that up. So congrats, and thank you for both liking and following the Huddle Up Podcast official Facebook page. And with that, guys, we got to go. Zach, sign us off, and um, we'll see you on Sunday. Yeah, Chad, John, everyone out there, have a great weekend. And uh, thank you guys again for getting us to 10K. We will see you on – we, meaning me and Kim Becker, will see you at Sunday at noon for Kelberman's Corner, noon Mountain Time. And then Chad and I and John will be back for the Huddle Up podcast Sunday night, 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 o'clock Eastern. Have a great weekend. Take care. And until next time, and as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Welcome to America. The land of junk sleep, where it's bedtime, but you're double booked. Here, there's always one more deadline to meet, episode to watch, or meme to share. The world may not want you to sleep, but we do. Only the sleep experts at Mattress Firm can help you find the right bed at the right price. Unjunk your sleep. In-store or online at mattressfirm.com today.